0: Today is Thursday, November 10th, and this is Celtics Speed on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 486 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Abby Chin is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. What's up, everyone? Welcome in a new edition of Celtics beat. Adam, Evan, we're always here dancing our her way on in. Abby Chin, NBC Sports Boston. Abby, I, I didn't actually look to see the last time that you were on the show. It hasn't been forever ago, but it's been a little while. Certainly the first time this year. It's good to see you.
2: Is it the first time this year?
0: Well, I mean, the season's only a few weeks underway. That's
2: true. Didn't we speak in the off season? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: Listen, okay. don't don't just, confuse don't confuse the amount that you're on the show versus the amount that we text, obviously. <laughs> then it feels it probably feels like yesterday.
2: I I just feel like since the pandemic, what is time? I have no idea when <laughs> things run together. And then the fact that the last season went till June, right? So then we're already in the summertime sure. and it really only has been a few months. So not much of an that off season, but, but
0: that's how you'd pick it, right? Like that's that's what you want. That's why you're in this.
2: Absolutely. And it was enough of an off season for me. I'm Home with the kids all summer, so ready to get back out there.
1: <laughs> like For the record, the it world. was June sixth. The last Abby was last on June sixth. Ah. June sixth. Wow. So was that was that during the finals? During the finals. No, it was it was uh, I believe at the well. Yeah, it's it's literally right at the end of the finals. I think the because Eastern
2: Conference Finals. Okay. Before,
1: before that, we had pet on. And the title of the episode is, What Edges Did the Celtics Have Over the Warriors? So that sounds okay. like a finals preview.
2: We knew who the yeah. match was going
1: to be. Yeah. So, yeah, because right before that is the one I did with our buddy Seth, where I drank scotch the whole episode. Sure. Just you I guys went it. for like two hours
0: while I was at Disney yeah. World.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that was that was a game seven preview, and I was a complete ass. Yeah. So oh, my was, gosh. Okay, so yeah. So so I, re-
0: I remember I was sitting in my hotel room. Everybody's asleep after the fireworks. And I pulled it up on YouTube and I'm just watching you guys drinking and going, out, wondering if, if like the world was about to end, basically.
1: It was a rough, it was a rough time. Game sevens aren't fun unless your team's on end up. And if, if No, we had to deal with
2: anymore. two of them. Yeah. And, like intense game seven. The, I do remember. So the last time we were here, it was after game seven in Miami after Al Horford the Celtics did make it to the finals and Al Horford collapsed right in front of me in, um, on the floor. And that was highly emotional. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was so pumped for Al just because that guy's worked so hard. I mean, he he won a title with two titles of Florida, but. He knows what it feels like. I know to get, to get back there has taken so long for Al. And it's like, out of all the guys. And again, this year too, specifically it's like, out of all the guys, like, they got to do this for Al because there's just not many seasons like this left for Al in the tank. And they just – because he's he's been such a steady, consistent, great player throughout his whole career. And, and that we've gotten to know him a little bit, you know, since he's been at Celtic now twice here. Uh, hard not to root for the guy. It's really hard. He's just constant consummate professional. So. Well,
2: he is not aging. I mean, 36 <laughs> years old right now, and he is a force out there. I mean, even last night, too, you could just see the leadership when – the Pistons were going on a run early, and he just starts directing traffic. And he's like, "You go over there. You go there. We're fine. Just stick with the game plan. Be solid. Let's go. Look, what are we doing? Stop messing around." God, um, you, so.
0: you haven't been on since June sixth, man. Did you, did you hear? emails out. What? <laughs> I know. I, I I hate to break news for you. It's, it's crazy.
2: Wow, a lot has happened. You yeah,
0: me. yeah, Although, lots, lots gone down like, last month.
2: It does feel like that didn't happen you know like that was really that was a really rough little stretch maybe three to five days we had the press conference and then media day came and it's been smooth sailing ever since then
0: it it has been nice other you know i i think so it's funny because the show that we did last week with washburn uh, and in aside from talking about the fantasy hoops league that hopefully you will jump in next year we uh you know it was all there was there was we won't do it this time around because we spent so much time last week but there was a lot of sort of just breaking down all the elements of Eme to the Nets. And now of course that's not happening. You know, they've, they've, you know, an about face gone with Jacques Vaughn, which uh, the about face is not, totally surprising but uh, going with Jacques Vaughn if you're going to do the about face is not all surprising one of the good guys in the NBA certainly earned the opportunity the Nets have played better Uh, maybe not so coincidentally with him and without Kyrie Irving which is a whole other thing but Ime is now sort of back to not being the Celtics problem per se but back being you know on their payroll for future years until they work out this mutual parting and and they eventually do go their separate ways and he lands somewhere else but the one sort of email aspect of things that i i do want to ask you about before we you know talk about all the things that have gone well and gone right with this team since joe has taken over is when everything came down just before training camp in those weird few days that you alluded to how surprised how taken aback were you by everything being you know obviously there there was a lot of attention on the female members of the organization and female, you know, people that that media and and the like that are so closely associated with the organization, like yourself, it, it had to be uh, interesting from a different angle for you than it was for a lot of us.
2: Yes, um, it's it's been a while since I thought about this actually. Um, so it was I was shocked, absolutely shocked. I had nothing but a professional, positive relationship with Ime, and and never had any questions, um, about anything in his behavior or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, but I do. So I remember Wednesday, it was a Wednesday night at around 10 30, uh, the Woj tweet broke and I'm watching TV with my husband and I was like, what is this? And I started texting. I texted Forsberg. I texted a bunch of people. Forsberg was passed out. He didn't text me back till the next morning. (laughs) by the way. Oh, sorry to blow up your spot, Forsberg. Uh, And, uh, and then, you know, and trying to figure out what it was. And then, um, I had no idea. And then the Sean's tweet drops and just the way that was worded, Mm -hmm. um, that it was someone within the organization. Uh, and so immediately, on Twitter, my name started popping up. And I, and you know, the reality is I, I do not work for the organization. Um, and it was a little horrifying. And then I can't imagine what people in the organization were going through Amanda Flugrad. And I mean, Allison Feaster, mm-hmm. all of that with their pictures and their names out there and everywhere. Um, I feel like two things. I, so I went to the next morning I'd been awake. I'm just on my phone constantly, but, um, the next morning I take my kids to school and I was talking to our next door neighbor who, uh, works with, um, nonprofits. She's, she's not in the sports world at all. And Mm -hmm. I tried to explain to her the situation and she's like, Oh, that's so crazy. But also, you know, not, she just didn't. And I was like, no, no, they think that I'm involved. And she's like, what, why would someone do that? (laughs) Really? And cause she was just like, why are you so involved in this? Why are you so upset? And, uh, and then she's like, Oh, Oh no, that's that's Yeah. That's not right. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of, um, interesting to get an outside perspective. And then, um, you know, the time just went on and you're just waiting for them to say something or waiting for some sort of response from the team themselves. And, um, nothing came that whole day. And I was just, I just remember being tied to my phone. like, What is happening? Um, but I think, you know, obviously for legal reasons, they couldn't do anything, say anything. They were working out what was going to happen. Um, and in negotiations and all of that all day, I just, the other thing that I was going to say is I feel like, unfortunately, um, I'm pretty used to that you know I'm, I'm used to trolls and on, on social media it is not um completely foreign for someone to assume that I am sleeping with a member of the staff a player or something like that I mean no matter how untrue it is that's not unheard of for people to say those things and assume those things or just think those things and so um it didn't affect me that much the rumors or any um my name out there at all I felt bad for the people in the organization the the women who, you know um, you just pull up the directory and you're like going down the list of everyone who's listed on as a member of the Celtics organization. And and those are, you know, people who have been anonymous in the past and have no reason for their name to be dragged out there. And so um, I felt really bad for them. And I, it was just one of those really ugly days on social media. And um, I'm glad that it's, over for now it feels like it's over I don't know how you ever come back from that but um yes sadly I think that it I was not that affected by it because you know I'm used to dealing with those kinds of things but also um I do I don't like that I think a casual fan they're just kind of like oh hey what what happened to Ime oh he got you know he's suspended for in an inappropriate relationship. And I just, just I just feel like the casual fan will just assume like, oh it's probably the sideline reporter. You know, like right. obviously. And so I feel like that will be out there forever.
0: Let's talk about basketball. Let's talk about the fun stuff, obviously, because I think the email distraction is uh going to become less so over the course of time. But what you do have is an increasingly strong buy-in in Joe Missoula. You're certainly closer to him than than Evan and I are. You know, you get an opportunity to chat with him and interview him and and he just seems like such a, a, a good, you know, solid guy, great, you know, m- maybe more engaging in, in terms of the the personality, more affable, more self-deprecating, sort of very Brad Stevens-like versus, you know, Ime who put on kind of a strong front and, you know, I'm sure a perfectly nice guy, but at least in the media didn't come across as extremely personable. You know what I mean? It was kind of all he business all the time.
2: Ime has a sense of humor and it's funny and can be funny.
0: Yeah, I just don't think that maybe we saw it as much. I'm not doubting it's there, uh, but it's it maybe wasn't as obvious as someone like Joe.
2: Um, I will say, so I, I covered Joe when I covered the summer league for NBA TV a couple of years ago when he was the hmm. head coach of the summer league team um, and then obviously traveling with the team. So so I knew him a little bit, Um, but I was blown away, you guys, on media day, talking to him and just how... Um, not overwhelmed. He was. He was. He was not intimidated by the situation. He was excited about the opportunity, ready for this moment, and um, just so confident and and sure in everything that he was doing. And from my first conversation with him at media day, I was like, "Oh, they're going to be fine. This is this is like Brad. When Brad said that, when he felt like they had someone in the organization, or he knew immediately they had someone in the organization." Um, at that press conference. After I talked to Joe, I understood and believed him. And it has been like that ever since. Um, and he is just, obviously the basketball stuff is there. He has the basketball knowledge, the um, the mind for the game, the relationships that he has built with the players over his time in Boston is there. But yes, Adam, like you said, he, he is funny and he is self-deprecating and he is okay with us i mean i did an entire hit when we were in new york about his gum and chewing his gum and i asked him about it before i'm like i want to talk about your gum can you tell me about it the 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 thing about him though is that he doesn't want the story to be about him he wants the light the spotlight to shine on his players and you hear that in every press um interaction that we have He, he wants the light he wants the story to be about the players but he is part of that story and so um But I did ask him about the gum, and he and he said, "Yeah, you know, I I, I've always chewed gum. I've always chewed gum this ferociously. It's just that no one cared before (laughs) because I was on the back of the bench. No one could see me. What amazes me, he only uses two pieces. Well, so I
0: was just gonna say, I like you know, while I was describing him before, if I were to add one more adjective to describe Joe Mazula, liar, because he is. There's no chance. There is no way in hell that man is chewing one piece of gum per half. And like and so, and as as he, as he, you put he, it as ferociously as he does it it loses flavor after six seconds Abby
2: I agree in that I I go through a piece of gum like every twenty minutes but he right. um he said he has one per half he adds a second so he's got two in his mouth for the second half uh-huh. the gum is pure P U R is the brand because I guess he said Malcolm Brogden turned him onto it because it doesn't have any aspartame. Which I've been meaning to Google that and I just haven't. Um, so maybe because it's like some pure gum, maybe it hangs onto its flavor better. I don't know, but that's what he told me. But that's what I mean. And, and Joe is just, um, he's fine with us talking about that because he doesn't want the attention. He doesn't want people to think that he, he doesn't. I mean, you know, everyone's got an ego, but he, he doesn't have this huge ego where he wants it. He wants to be at the forefront of what's happening. So, yeah. One, one
1: yeah, of I the like, things that I noticed the other day with Jalen. I think it was yesterday a quote came out about how, you know, some days he doesn't want to talk to to anybody. You know, everybody has those days where you feel a little introverted and you got maybe some stuff going on in your head, you don't want to talk about it. And Missoula is like, no, 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 we're gonna talk about this. And then he has a conversation with with the coach and he ends up feeling way better about that. How do you feel the dynamics so far? Again, part of being a head coach is calling the right plays and getting the right defense set up and knowing when to call timeouts. Um, but another part of it is is kind of like nurturing a little bit. And Joe, it's it's interesting because, again, I remember watching Joe Missoula play college basketball and he is two years older than me and he's in charge of grown men. Al Horford, obviously older than him um, in terms of like nurturing guys and, and checking in on guys where their mental health is, or their physical health is. How is he managing that particular part of the of it so far, i be in your estimation?
2: Um, as far as I can tell, great. One of the things that I really appreciated about Joe is his humility. And that's one of the things he said the first day was that I know that I don't know everything, and I am not afraid to ask. I want to have these conversations. I want you to tell me, give me your input. I want us to work together as a true team. But you bring up Jalen Brown and um, mentioning the previous relationships that he has. So Joe last year, um, took it upon himself to, bring in Jalen going through some film sessions and just kind of going through places showing pointing out places where he feels like he can improve where defenses are attacking him or where he's sliding on defense and um at Joe's suggestion he said Jalen why don't we bring other people in your teammates you're on the floor with let's go through and and Joe prepared every piece of film that they looked at um, and really helped Jalen to see the game in a different way. And he's the one who told us those stories on media day. So those relationships are there. And 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 Joe has proven himself to these guys, I think, repeatedly. I mean, and Chris Forsberg has a story that when Derek White arrived after the trade deadline, may just said, go talk to Joe. He'll get you all set up on our defense. And it was Joe who in, indoctrinated um, Derek in the, you know, intricate defense that the Celtics are running that is not easy to do and so there has been a lot of trust in Joe I think from the beginning and um, there's no question in my mind the players believe in him and I feel like over the last few games he's had a different command Um, one you know he's clearly not afraid to make changes moving Grant Williams into the starting lineup uh, because for defensive purposes I mean and Grant while he has not been an offensive juggernaut. Uh, defensively, checking John ja Morant and then Cade Cunningham was not good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever day, what day of the week? Yeah, yesterday he started, like he started like over yeah. nine. Or yeah. Like <laughs>
1: that.
2: Right. yeah, Cade Cunningham looked like a shell of himself. I went to piston shoot around yesterday, excited to talk about Cade Cunningham, and then he did nothing in the game. So I had to change my entire report because I couldn't talk about how good of a season he's having. Um, but so, you know, he's not afraid to make adjustments. He's not afraid to make changes. He's not afraid to, and that was Ime's strength, right? Is holding these guys accountable, calling them out when it's necessary. And um, he did that last night at halftime, called those guys to task for letting the Pistons run all over, well, pull down rebounds all over them. And so, and then you saw a completely different team, particularly a different Jason Tatum in the second half. So while he doesn't, Admonish the players publicly like Ime did. I, I do believe he's holding them accountable in the locker room. And, and I believe Jalen when he says we believe in Joe.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with
1: business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: So Jalen, one of his post game quotes that I, I thought was really interesting was, and and I just I, I enjoy listening to him talk. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was that he said through his first you know eleven games of the season now, and the team is winning, they're eight and three, but he's not all that happy, all that satisfied with his personal play. And I look at it and I I see a guy who's averaging better than twenty five points a game, hauling down almost seven rebounds, he's shooting what 46% from the field. I know the three point percentage is a little bit lower than he would like the the free throw percentage. I, I I'm old enough to remember when Jalen Brown couldn't hit a free throw. He's shooting like 85, 86% whatever it is from the free throw line.
2: Miss He's it. been One
0: for the tech last night. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Look, nobody's perfect, Abby. Yeah, yeah. We we know that as well as anybody on this show that nobody's perfect. But he's uh, he's having a a really good year, an all-star caliber year. I I I don't know. I mean, maybe he could even get into the All NBA, not first team, but All NBA conversation at some point in time, depending on how things progress. But um, and, and you know, you'll still have people point out, well, he's still turning the ball over three times a game or whatever. But overall and maybe that's what Jalen looks at because I see a guy who's who's had a a really strong season to this point so what did you take away from those comments and sort of where do you think he can take his game to a a place where he is happy
2: I was standing right next to him and I agree with you I was a little taken aback by those comments he did finish it by saying but we're winning so everything's fine (laughs) he said you know I'm not unhappy with my role but it is a different role and I think he is trying to find ways to be aggressive and whatever he's doing it's working right like you said I mean he's had how many games where he scored 30 points 30 plus Mm. and um Joe did I mean last night drew up a play for Jalen and it's not like Joe has completely gone away from Jalen when he feels the game needs it he knows where to turn and so I think it's um Something to keep an eye on for sure. The fact that Jalen wanted to bring that up unprovoked, but um, clearly, I mean, they have the number one rated offense in the league, put up another 128 points last night. Jalen is averaging, like you said, near his career highs. And so I think that it is um, to me, it feels like the offense under Joe is different uh, talking to guys last night, the whole there's been so much emphasis on spacing and running to your spots and getting to the, be in the right places at the right time um, that it it's they're still developing those habits is my point. And so I think that the offense somehow is only going to get better from here. And then that maybe will open up even more opportunities for Jalen. But there's no question right now. It's very point guard heavy. And that's what they talked about last night. And um, Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon have the ball in their hands a lot. and it's looked good so far. I think that once, because they have so much versatility and they can play so many different ways, I think I do think there will be opportunities for Jalen. I think that Joe is just trying to build these habits now, so then you can build off of them going forward.
0: An offense, by the way, that is a freaking juggernaut. Eleven games into the year, oh, first, in the NBA, yeah. uh, first in the NBA, first in the NBA. About a uh, almost 120 hundred and twenty. Uh, offensive efficiency or offensive rating right now uh which is just it, it's incredible to watch real quick wanna shout out our uh, our good friends our sponsors our partners betonline.ag as we know basketball is a few weeks back at this point betonline your top spot your number one source for all your sports betting needs Throughout the year, it's not limited to basketball either. You can look at any sport and, and find a line that you like or team matchup info or player info NFL. Obviously we're about halfway through the year. Uh, baseball, you can look at futures, hockey is uh excuse me underway and and the bruins have been exceptional tops in the eastern conference one of the best in the nhl at this point in time there's golf there's mma there's boxing you name it uh there's there's so much there live betting free contests live scores giveaways all season long through bet online you could look at uh evan always likes to send me some some of his favorite odds. MVP, for instance. Giannis is the favorite right now in the NBA at plus 275. That's skinny stiff. How about Jason Tatum? Plus 550. He's right there. If you want to place the, uh, the, the bet, a little cash on Jason Tatum. He's third behind Giannis and Luca. And Tatum is certainly on that mission right now. The way he has been playing, averaging 31 points per game and shooting the, you know, he's hitting half his shots. He's awesome. So far we'll get into him in a second. Uh, coach of the year. How about this? Will Hardy of the should be tanking Utah Jazz, formerly of the Celtics staff plus 400. He is the favorite. JB Bickerstaff. Remember his dad? Plus 500 for JB. Joe Missoula plus 800. Third best odds. Not in the East. Overall, third best odds, Joe Missoula to win coach of the year. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. I mentioned them. There are a bunch to choose from. There's so much on the site, betonline.ag. We recommend you check it out. Head to betonline.ag. Join and uh, receive your 50% welcome bonus. The promo code is CLNS50. Go ahead, check it out. Receive your rewards. BetOnline where the game starts let's uh abby sure. go back to the mvp conversation uh, a
1: little bit and talk about jason tatum yeah because- before we dive into yeah. that i do want yeah, just to just get both of your opinions on something because i'm mm-hmm. i'm just curious sure so the Celtics have the best offense in the nba 311 games it's super fun to watch the question for both of you is does it feel gimmicky because like sometimes you go back to those rockets hardened teams and like they had this unbelievable offense, but it was really gimmicky. It was like Harden does everything; it's threes and layups, and that's it. It it doesn't feel like something that will hold up in the playoffs. Although they got very very close with Chris Paul and Harden facing what was probably the best team we've ever seen uh, between the the Durant and Warrior uh, Warriors, uh, Durant and Curry Warriors. There we go. Does this feel offense feel gimmicky, or does it feel like a legitimate? Like equal opportunity offense here because I'm trying to it kind of vacillates between both in my opinion.
0: So I I think and I'll I'll let Abby go, I'll be quick, I think that between the two I think it's less gimmicky and more Splash Brothers, you know uh, uh, in a weird way your Splash Brothers are Sam Hauser and Grant Williams, but you know, I I think that you've got a a deep, versatile offense uh, with this team that that to me doesn't feel gimmicky at all, but uh, Abby, by all means.
2: No, I Completely agree. I don't think it feels gimmicky in that, I mean, the only similarities, I think Jason Tatum getting to the line at the rate that he's getting to, um, but he's Long time coming. with all the new rules. Yeah. That we're talking about. And, and like I was just talking about, I think that with the versatility, they can play so many different ways that there is, there's so much room to grow for this offense. Like this, this is just the beginning. They're establishing the foundations for what is to come. Um, and so I think that I'm excited about the offense. I, I didn't realize how much more could be tapped out of that. But when you look at, they have two of the best players in the league in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then what you can do around that, not to mention adding in the Malcolm Brogdon piece. And I'm, we're still waiting for an update on that hamstring. I'm sure we yeah. won't get one until, um, pregame on Friday, but, um, I think that there's so much more to unlock. And, and like, like we were just talking about Jalen Brown being a primary ball handler, running some pick and rolls himself and, and that kind of stuff. I think that um, the only thing that gives me pause when you're talking about that, Evan, is that a lot of their, they want to play with so much pace and, and get out and transition. I want to see them more in the half court and what they can do in those kinds of sets. But, you know, the the cutting, there's been more cutting, there's been delayed cutting and, and there's even more stuff that you can do with that. So, um, no, I'm nothing but excited about the offense.
0: I think last night, too, was a really good sort of example of what we're talking about in terms of like the first half. Of course, by the end, Jalen or Jason Tatum was still the leading scorer. He, had, he met his season average with 31 points, and he got hot. He had that ridiculous start of the third quarter that was just mesmerizing on both ends of the floor. I mean, it's as, as strong a like five minute period as, as he's probably had in his entire career against Detroit. There, but let's remember that at halftime they were still up reasonably big, whatever the score was on the Pistons, who are a bad team. I realize, but they're up. You know, they've got a, a, a sizable lead. Team. Yeah. Yeah, they've got, they've got a sizable lead though. And Tatum really didn't do much in the it's first half. It was, yeah, it was, it was Jalen leading the way. Hauser was electric off the bench. You know, Brogdon before he got hurt was, was playing really well. Smart's racking up the assists again. So you were seeing the balance, the versatility that we're talking about. Like I, I, more often than not, because he is your best player and, and a top five player in the NBA, it, at least most people would probably put him right there right now. Jason Tatum is going to be the guy, but it was sort of telling that, all right, well, maybe at least some of these lesser than teams, he doesn't always have to be. And, and I think that's noteworthy.
2: I also think it's really, I mean, if we want to get into the Jason Tatum conversation, we need to talk about what he's doing on the defensive end and the effort that he is playing the buy-in that he has and, and how that then trickles down to everyone else on the team. And it makes such a huge difference. I mean, you know the kind of athlete he is, the fact that he's applying, and the way that he applies himself on that end of the floor changes the game as well. And so that's been really cool and fun to watch. And I know that the defense has not been a strength of this team just yet, but I think that that is indicative of how far they have to grow, and that's also exciting. And, 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 and then Rob the Williams. We haven't talked about Rob Williams on my shirt Twist.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't uh, even really notice that. That's a good boy shirt.
2: Yeah, Dr. Rob in New York before the Knicks game. And uh, that's a. It. I thought
1: it was a Scary Terry t shirt at first. Oh, I know.
2: Rob Williams.
1: That's amazing. It's a shirt. It's a How good many of those are in circulation?
2: I don't know, Not but enough. I got one from, uh yes, Celtics PR man. Legend. 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 Yeah,
1: legend. Yeah, legend. Yes. Yeah. Legend.
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, But we haven't even talked about
2: Rob and just what uh, getting Rob back and having that sort of safety net on the back line. I mean, that's what is going to bring this Celtics defense back to what it was the season ago. So I feel like right now that that side of the ball. They're just treading water and Jason Tatum doing as much as he can.
1: Well, we missed an opportunity just to get off topic for one second. We missed an opportunity to rehash one of my favorite quotes, maybe in sports history. And that is Rob Williams talking about his favorite holiday movies, saying that his favorite holiday movie is any Michael Myers movie. It's <laughs> funniest, funniest quote I think I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm so upset that we didn't get to to like, because whoever runs that particular part of like Southern Spring in, like, in-game entertainment is amazing. Uh, and I want more, I, like, want, I want more like Rob deep dive, like Halloween Michael Myers stuff like for next season. Because it's just. I'll that try is, to keep
2: that in mind. Yeah. If we talk to him around Christmas time, I'll ask. It's me of that Evan. it's, it's yeah.
1: one of my favorite the, the the video every somebody took a video of it on their phone and every oh, time it 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 gets around Rob, they start they start laughing because they know what's coming and it, every time it gets me it gets me every time I love Rob so much In all of
2: the those place. there's one that just makes you go hmm and then- <laughs>
1: Rob crushed it on that one. No question. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, just to off topic. My fault.
0: No, it's, but
1: it's, it's, I miss Rob. That's all I miss the guy. Yeah. He had the down chaga had on last, last game. I thought it was great. Good to see him out there.
0: Um, Marcus with, uh, and, and it's, it's been a good year for him. I think overall, but in particular, these last few games where, you know, we're, we're so accustomed to talking about the, you know, hashtag winning plays and all the effort and, uh, defensive player of the year, all of that stuff. But Marcus, Really, last year for the first time under E-May, in terms of any sort of consistent way, thrust into a true point guard role, you know, where it's not just always playing point guard or he's, you know, off ball or he's at the tour. Like he was truly entrusted to be this team's point guard, post Kyrie Irving, post Kemba Walker. You're the guy, Marcus. You've been waiting for the opportunity very openly. It's yours. Run with it. You look at these last few games and the assist to turnover ratio 34 to 4, these last three games. And it's not going to go like that forever, clearly. It's not going to be, you know, 11 and 1, 11 and 2 every single day. But I think we've got a lot of these in our future as well. I think he's just, he, he's made. A transition in his game, not just as a distributor, obviously, and, and was putting on a passing clinic the other night. Some of those highlights were incredible. If you haven't seen the the real floating around that NBA, uh the NBA Twitter, NBA.com, whatever put out. But the protection of the basketball after the team, smart included, was so careless throughout that playoff run, especially in the finals last year. Just that renewed message of protecting the ball and and what it's done for his game in particular.
2: There was. And you're right. The last few games, I think, has been we've seen a different Marcus, and I think that there's no question. To start the season, he was searching for something in this offense and, and couldn't find his shot. He was typical Marcus, as we know, impacting the game in other ways defensively and um, with his hustle. But I think that pretty recently, and I asked Joe this last night. Joe challenged him to be the distributor, take control, run this offense, take the keys. And go and he clearly received that message and, and we know Marcus has that basketball IQ he's been able to make I mean he, he makes amazing passes all the time so he I feel like he has just kind of honed in on that for these last handful of games and then you're seeing the results and so once he and I feel like I keep going back to this but so once he gets that habit in and then that becomes the that becomes the baseline, right? Those 11 to 12 assists become the baseline every night. And then you can build off of that. And then he gets really comfortable in that role. And then the threes start falling. And then who knows what's going to happen. So I do think it's something that Joe challenged him to focus on. He, you know, rightly or not, the way I was thinking about it is kind of, um, that, and Adam, you know, the Berenstein Bears book about manners <laughs> that yes. And uh, brother and sister are like, oh, we're going to mama, mama bear is going to be so upset because we're going to go over the top with our manners. And they're just like, please. And thank you everywhere. And um, so eventually you just like build back into just being polite in general. You know, <laughs> you go over the top for a week and then you fall back to being in general. And so I think that that's kind of where Marcus is at with that part of his game. And I think that's a good thing. And this is going to help him and help the team going forward.
0: Can I just tell you more parent talk here, Abby? Mm-hmm. I I have, I have, I have looked, I have searched, I have done a deep dive trying to find Berenstein Bears just streaming somewhere because it was such a great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. When it, it, they're, but there, it's, it's hard to find like Quality a.
2: Is not
0: good. No, the quali- no, I want to like, I want to go to Prime or I want to go to Netflix or one of those like yeah. whatever Nick stations. And I want to. Because the kids have seen a couple. They like the books. I want more Berenstein Bears in my life.
2: Yes. i um. I'm sorry, Evan. We, we, uh, show. I went to a, before it's the good. pandemic, I went good. to a live Berenstein nope. Bears performance at the Natick Mall.
0: I had no idea that was the thing.
2: And know, it left something to be desired. So <laughs> I, I'm a little, i happy for the bus. i grateful for uh, the yeah, books.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I, right. I, I feel like the, like, sort of, I don't know, there are a lot of good, Kid shows, there are a lot of terrible ones too. Bluey is probably the closest thing that you have to a Berenstein Bears right now. That
1: was my question. I, what is the Bluey situation in either household? Because apparently that's a really. I don't know anything about it. I just know it's popular. So you should
0: put it on. It's it's fun for adults too,
1: Evan. And
2: Isn't they have it? accents, so it's always just nice to listen You're to. They're
1: Australian, accents. right? Is that what
2: they yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's good.
2: Um, my son thinks Bluey is hilarious. He's three and a half, so it's like just become a thing in our house, and he it cracks him up so much. It, so
0: fun <laughs> yeah that's a good one you got to try that uh one the big city greens on on disney plus is another one you can you can look up if you haven't uh all right how about uh, I'm, i think i'm stealing this from celtics blog maybe i saw this on twitter i'm taking it from somewhere we can you know move over zappy fever and hello hauser mania yeah. sam hauser has just been, it, I mean, better by the day, obviously, as as he gets entrusted to, to have a bigger role. He's now averaging eight points in about 15 minutes a game. He is a clear part of this rotation. He's getting an opportunity. He's hitting, uh, I was looking it up, 58% of his shots, 53% from three-point range. His assist-to-turnover ratio, going back to Marcus Smart, Hauser's assist-to-turnover ratio is six, which is best on the team. He has been within his role, like he's not going to be an all-star or something, but within his role, he has been exceptional. And I, I go back to, you know, like Brad used to say this all the time, like be, it, be a star in your role. Sam Hauser is a star in his role right now for this team, and it's making a difference.
2: Absolutely. I go back to Joe Mazzula last night. They were asking, what, did, what has Sam done to show you, to, for you to trust him? And he said, make all of his shots. <laughs> yeah that's it that's what he's yeah. done that, that's been the key because I mean the reality is up until this point he was a liability on defense and teams are still even the Pistons last night are targeting him whenever he's on the floor so he needs to be able to at the very least hold his own and hold him guard his yard enough for the help to come behind him um, and then as long as you can do that as, and then make your shots Yes, you're going to get more playing time. Um, I think what Sam is showing us, and and Grant as well, is just how good the shooting is on this team right now, something that the Celtics have been searching for for years, but then also how good it is across the league. I mean, offenses are up across the league. That's something we didn't talk about with this defense. I think that it's just the scoring, the shot-making, the the decision-making is just on another level, it feels like so far this season. And so, um, Sam, no question adds to that his basketball IQ and the players love him. Like the players are really Jason Tatum a week ago or so was talking about how Sam, um, just to his development, you can see it out there and he dribbled into a blitz and, um, off of a DHO dribble handoff and then pulled back and then passed it into Luke Cornette who drew a foul. And, um, in Jason's words, it's he said, he told Sam, now you're playing basketball. And so it is, um, his game is developing. He's hitting his shots. And I think it's, it's also really shows you going from year one to year two. And then what you can do once you know that you are gonna have regular playing time and you're not gonna have that hook come for you after you miss that first shot. So um, all of that wrapped into one, but it sure is fun to watch. And, I'm, and I'm, I am trying to make the human torch happen <laughs> um, I think I'm alone in that but
0: just, we can help we can I try and help. on
2: Twitter all the time so that's what I'm doing just
0: I mean, cel- to celebrate he the six-
2: microwave I like torch yeah he's oh. fire
0: he I mean the amazing. timing is good you know Chris Evans was recently named the people magazine sexiest man of the year
1: mm. you know we can we can sort yeah, of America, leave it right. all it's in together actually, right house doesn't look like Chris Evans like at all Yeah no but he was the human torch. Yeah, but you're you're really oh, the, trying the, too hard, I think. The I think Fantastic
2: Four, the Fabulous Four. No, Fantastic
1: Four, right. yeah. The
0: the original, the 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 first like bust. It's really, Fantastic, is really war.
1: bad. It's really bad. Comically,
2: uh, yeah. Jessica bad. Alba. It wasn't that bad, Evan, yeah. but it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was a
0: long time ago. Really yeah, not good
2: enough to catch on like the rest of the Marvel universe.
0: No, they're, they, they're there. There's it. a reason they're redoing it a third time with a totally different cast again. But uh... I
1: don't know. Okay. Hauser does need some sort of like nickname that has to do with, like, I don't know. I He just reminds just me Just something
0: as, like, stupid and simple as, like, Hauser-Matic?
1: I don't know, something. Don't know, but he reminds me of Steve Novak, and, like, people might not even know who that is, but Steve Novak for the Knicks yeah. in the Knicks, mid yeah. to late aughts was an absolute flamethrower before, like, the Steph Curry generation of we're all taking eight threes a game. Like, he was shooting. Yeah. I looked it up last night just to check. One year, I think it was 08, 09, or 09, 010, from three on five attempts a game. Like, that's a huge valuable piece. And having that on your offense makes everybody's life easier. I mean, just the amount of space they're able to play with. Like, it's no coincidence that the lineup of him and Brogdon and Tatum and two other bench guys is killing people. Like, going into last night, I think Hauser had the highest plus minus on the team. And I would assume it's probably held steady, although I don't know. Um, but it's not, it's like not a, a coincidence. Like it's like, I think Scal mentioned it a few games ago when boss, I don't, and I don't remember the exact game because everything now was just compiling into one thing, but he was mentioning how well the unit of Tatum plus Brogdon plus the bench was playing. And a big part of that is because Sam Hauser offensively, you have to check him. You can't just, it's not like Tatum covering Brandon Clark the other night where he just can cover Brandon Clark, but leave him over there and kind of play help defense as the rover as much as you want. If you rove defense away from Sam Hauser, he's going to hit three shots in a row that all of a sudden you either are uh, in a close game, but now it's, uh, it's, it's a comfortable lead for Boston or you've had a comfortable lead and it's gone like Sam Hauser. I cannot believe that we are here, but like the, this team took a huge leap just by adding one extremely competent shooter and has changed the trajectory of their offense, and and I didn't think it would be Sam Hauser. I thought it might be you know a, a bigger leap from Tatum or somebody. But like this is, it's remarkable what has happened. Gallo had he been healthy. That's the crazy no. thing too. Like no Gallo. Is, again, I forget this line all the time. You think Gallinari knows who Wally Pip is? Because I I don't think so. I think didn't we might, Gallo
0: get a two year contract too? Like did. Just, they're going to get in each other's way next year. Gallo's probably he might never play in a Celtics
1: uniform. It's definitely something to talk about, for sure. Obviously not now, but like, I don't know, because that was supposed to be his role, and Hauser is...
2: It does, it's, another one, it. it's another one that the Celtics front office was like, we're going to be fine. We have Sam. And, and people are skeptical until you see it out there on the floor. And um, the Gallo thing is interesting. I thought about that, or I heard it on a podcast, I think yesterday, driving a shoot around, was that... Sam fits almost better than Galloway. would number one, cause he's younger. So he's hungrier, you know, he, and he's going to, and defensively he's still maturing and, and only going to improve. And so it is, he fits really well with this team with that group in particular, like you said, cause I mean, the space on the floor with that, with him in the corner, Grant in the corner, and then Jason Tatum and Malcolm Brogdon going to work. I mean, it doesn't matter who that fifth person is out there with them. Um, and then with Sam in particular, I don't know, it's just, he is, he's also really humble and like, but not afraid to assert himself and, and talk smack when it's necessary to. So like he had a moment in the, um, the game before the Knicks, whoever that was, I need to look at my schedule where he obviously he was just on fire hitting threes. And after one of them, he said, Boom, not safe for work. And uh so <laughs> and maybe that was in the Knicks game, afterwards in the locker room, Jason Tatum Knicks was like, game. Yeah, yo, you need a celebration. Like, I know that's not gonna be it because that's just not really who you are, Sam. <laughs> but <laughs> he does have that he has that fire, he has that intensity inside him. And um obviously that comes out on the court and you just you knew he could make shots. The Celtics have drafted guys who can shoot it's a matter of doing it when it matters in the game. And he, and he can do that. He's proving that he can do that. And it's opened up a lot for them, particularly in those bench units.
0: I don't know how long it'll be the case, but a fun fact for people, Sam Hauser ranks second on the team, obviously beyond Jason Tatum, but second on the team in uh, PER player efficiency rating. That is how impactful he has been to start off this year so far.
2: I remember the other thing I was going to say was that Joe last night said typically good shooters make good screeners. And when I asked Sam about that, he said, yeah, because if you if I screen someone, my defender has to stay with me, you know, so it gets the defense in motion um, because you can't let Sam Hauser go (laughs)
0: Can't let him roam. Don't let him get hot. Who would have thought? Who would have thought during all the summer conversations of how do you replace Danilo Gallinari? Don't let Sam Hauser get hot. It's amazing. It's been a lot of fun. You know, it's the
2: real thing.
0: Eight and three. uh, And I I will say this for as long as it's the case. And maybe this comes to an end against the Nuggets and and they suffer, you know, a a real loss. And, And what I mean by that is this is a team that could be 11 and 0. You know, the the two losses uh, in overtime to the Cavs and then one where they blew a 19-point lead in Chicago. They could very well be perfect right now. Uh, so, uh, and, and I'm going to maintain that. I'm going to, I'm going to beat that drum until they suffer a real loss, like a, a loss that, all right, you know, you're, you're just down by 10 or 15. You never quite recover and we, whatever. We all know what it looks like, but that is how good so far this team has been to begin the year. And it's had to be because as we know, the Eastern Conference is very, very deep and some teams that have started off very slow, like the Nets, like the Sixers are theoretically going to rebound and uh you know emerge and water will find its level and all of that so pick up these wins while you can obviously because it's going to get more challenging uh the uh the schedule and like i said maybe Denver's coming to town on Denver. friday yeah that
2: could be rough the so i'm curious to see how that goes
0: it's good to have you back on the podcast abby
2: for having me guys anytime
0: as long that's as you not, keep wearing twist t for
2: five months again
0: I know I can't, I can't believe I guess we were just nice. We let you enjoy your summer.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that, okay. yeah. <laughs> Tried
0: to do our part. More, more time for Berenstein Bears reenactments. This show once again is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Abby, uh, enjoy, and uh, we will not make it five months. We will have you on here again, maybe even before the new year. And we look forward to it. And uh, we'll we'll talk fantasy basketball with you so much that you will either tire of it or say, man, I got to be part of that league next year.
2: What do you think people hate more talking about your own fantasy team or talk analogies about the Bernstein bears?
1: That's toss up. That ah. is, that's, that's close. <laughs> yeah.
0: and We're going to, we're going to, we're going to really digest that over the next week until we have our next show. We'll come back with an answer for Evan, for Abby. I'm Adam. Thanks for being with us. This has been Celtics beat. We'll see you later.